join with me in turning to the book of Job. And I will endeavor to preach with new glasses that are fogging up on me right now. So I may have to do this every now and then to see my notes. Job, the 42nd chapter. That is the last chapter in Job if you need a reference to it. Amen. When you got it, say, I got it. Job 42 and verse 5 and 6. This is Job speaking. He said, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Amen. If you will, put your Bibles down and let's ask God to have his way in the next little while. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your blessings, for all that you're doing. We ask you to minister to us through your word tonight, God. I pray that you would speak to our hearts and minds. Lord, let us grow and increase by it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And we give you the glory for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The God that we serve, the God that we claim to be in control is by no small measure great. And he can do amazing things. And I, I am impressed every time, not just when I read about him, but every time that I find out something that he's done. Because he's not limited to just what the Bible says of him, but he, he gave us understanding that he could do great things even beyond what we can think of. And so we have a great God. But there are things about God that He set in motion that He does not go back and tend to. And it's, it's uh, those things that make our lives amazing and make our lives somehow easier. And if we abide in them, they make our life even more governable. But... There are things that God set in motion that He doesn't ever go back to tend to. He set in motion the laws of nature that we understand can cause a child to be born in or out of wedlock. God did not choose to bless one and curse another. He set a law in motion that said, if certain things happen, then this happens. And so he, he has established himself to not, be in, not have to run to and fro all the time trying to tend to the details of our lives. But he sat in, in order things that if we would do the right motions and we would do the right things, that there would become, the outcome would be what he wanted it to be. I mean, it's the same with, with paying tithes. I know businessmen that won't darken the door of a church, but they will pay their tithes faithfully, not because they're trying to boast, but because they understand that God said a law. He said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse and see if I will not open up the windows and pour you out a blessing that you can't contain. He doesn't go every time you put something in the offering plate and look to see if it is the right amount or anything, he does, he does bless based upon the law. The law said tithe, which is 10%. Now, I'm not trying to pass tonight. I'm just trying to give you understanding that, 
that the law said 10%. If you do that, you're automatically entered into the outcome that he said. See, if I will pour you out a blessing, a lot of times we think if I put 10% in, I'm somehow going to garner an X amount over here. But the blessing was not contained to just monetary, but it, it was a blessing upon your life. And it was a law that God said, if every time you place that in that place, it will trigger the outcome. And God doesn't go and minister through by looking at that and saying, I'm going to go over here and do something else. He just said, when that happens, make it so. God can do that. You and I can't. But He, he has made those laws to govern the way we live and the way we interact with Him. He, he made a law that said praise is inhabited by Him. It's not, it, doesn't, it doesn't give us an instruction that says it, that if you do this or you act this way or you live under this and, and dress this way and all these things, it just says praise. It is not limited to you and I who sit on a church pew, but it is available to any. Psalm 100 says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. It was to everybody. Everybody was given the ability to interact through the laws that God has designed to govern nature and man. And so you and I have this ability to do things and get things, whether it be physical or spiritual. There are things that come by our actions towards Him, and it is not His reaction to us. It is His law that says this will happen. If you don't do it right, you won't get it because you're, you're breaking the law. But, the, but it is essential to live by these laws. But anyone can live by these laws. Anyone can live by this. Even churches and pastors, even people that claim to be the most godly people are living by these laws. It is possible for you to live by the laws that God has set in motion and miss the very mark of what God wants for your life. There are churches all over the world that are, that are built upon the principles and the understandings of God's nature and His laws. The biggest one in the world is, is right up the road, Lakewood. Joel Osteen does not preach the salvation message the way the Bible does, but he teaches if you live by the laws... Then you go, it's, an, it's, a, it's a set thing. I promise you, if we come in any time we wanted to and begin to praise, if you walk out the door across the parking lot and just begin to praise Him, I promise you're going to feel His presence. If you do it sincerely, you're going to feel His presence show up and begin to minister to you. And so there are people that have understood this and begin to teach it. And even... Churches have been built on the principles and the foundations that if you live by these things, that God will inhabit His praise. And they will equate that to, to salvation, that the all outcome is approval by God. It is not approval by God. It is simply the law that God said He would do. And we could go through the Bible tonight and pull out so many things that God just said and set in motion. And he doesn't go back and tend to him. You can do it and get the outcome. You, you imagine God's confusion. I know of churches. I, I was amazed just on the radio driving somewhere that this, it was a gospel station and 
a guy called in and began to talk about his church and things. And in, in the course of his conversation, now this is a Christian gospel radio station. But in the course of his phone call in, he cursed to the point that they had to beep him out. It wasn't one of them, them iffy curse words. It was one of the big ones. And I thought, wow. But this guy was praising and talking about how great his church was. And I thought, you know, God must be really confused every time that fellow shows up at church. Because last week, didn't we get together and do this? But somehow you went out and you drank and you did all the things you did and you called the radio station and you said that word? But now we're back to, we're starting over again. Now, I'm not telling you that if you go out and mess up that God says, it's all over with, we're going to start from square one again. But if you build your life on these principles and say this is how God gives me favor and this is how God lives and works in my life and so I am approved of by God because I can pay tithes and get a blessing. I can praise and feel His presence. You have missed the mark and you will confuse God. You will keep God confused and you'll be lost. Amen? God lives by the law. And He allows the law to govern our lives. But some people never get past what I like to call the Sunday school lesson experience. The understanding that God on the first day did this and the second day and, and, and He did these things and he, he said if we would do this, He would do that. And so our life is based upon that Sunday school lesson experience. You know, the Sunday school lessons are great and you need it as a foundation. The laws are kind of like Street signs. It's kind of like if you were to pull out here and begin to go this way on the right-hand side or, well, your left-hand side, if you pulled out and went down, the, you would be going down the wrong side. And there's going to be things that happen to you that, that shouldn't happen if you followed the signs. If you go out on the interstate and, and, and begin to drive about 20 miles an hour, I promise you there are some things going to happen and you're going to hear some of them words that they beeped. You're going to see some, some howdies that you don't understand. But the laws are like that because they are designed to get you somewhere. They are designed, they are designed to get you moving in the right direction and to help you govern your life in Christ. There are some that will sit on the pew of the church and live by the experience of the Sunday school lesson that I praised and I felt His presence. And they will do that and then when God really gets to moving, they'll be the ones sitting down because they don't understand what else is going on. They understood that I paid my tithes and God blessed me. And I showed up and God honored it. And I worshiped and I said hallelujah and I meant it and I felt Him. And then something else began to happen. And I just I felt like I had got what I came for, so I sat down. There, there will be those people that will be sitting there while the presence of God is moving and will miss out on the very essence of what God is about because they're living by the laws. Now, some of you, I'm not talking about the law of the Bible, not the law of Moses, but I'm talking about the things that God has governed our lives by, by simply saying, I don't have to pay attention to the details. And some of you thought you were a whole lot more special than that, didn't you? You thought God was getting down every time you went to the offering plate and put money in that He came over and counted and, and measured it against what you had and, oh, you gave more than you 10%. Well, it's, I'm going to double bless you. 
Sorry to bust your bubble. God doesn't care. He just simply said, if you do it, I'll do it. Amen. But if you mix up the laws and equate them to salvation, you, the laws and salvation have nothing to do with each other. They have absolutely nothing to do with you. Salvation is to everyone. But there are things that God wants from you that matter more to Him than salvation. When, when Peter was with Him and had been with Him for almost three years, Jesus said to him, Peter, whom sayest thou that I am? And he said, you're the Christ. You are salvation. That's what that meant. He was saying to him was, you are the one we have looked for. You're the one that's going to redeem us. You're going to set your kingdom up. You're the Christ. And Jesus' response was not, go blab it. He said, don't tell anybody. And if you go look at every time that someone came to Jesus and, and said, thou art the Christ, he said, don't tell anybody. Every time something amazing happened, I, I never understood that. Because Jesus would have something happen, you would think He would want someone else to know what He did, but He would heal someone and say, go show yourself to the priest, don't tell anybody. Go, go home and don't tell anybody. Don't give anybody an insight into what has happened. Uh, and I thought, why would He do that? But because uh, God is governed by the laws. Uh, and if you discover Him uh, to be just salvation, if you discover Him just to be that blessing, if you discover Him just to be that one thing, you're going to miss out on what He really wants for you. And so He told Peter, don't tell anybody that I'm the Christ. Why? Because... Peter had found out he was the Christ, not because someone had told him, but because he had got close enough to him and began to see him work, began to see something transferring from him into him. And it began to give him an insight and understanding that this man that he come by and said to me, come be a fisherman, and I dropped everything and began to follow him, and something about him caused me to chase after him, but now I see him, I understand him, and now I understand why I'm attracted to him. Because he's the Christ, but my attraction is based upon my understanding that he's more than that. That's why when he came in to wash the feet, he said, don't do it, let me, let me do your feet. And then he said, no, but my head every just drenched me in it because he understood. I, I'm not worried about the laws and I'm not worried about you being the Christ. But what I'm concerned about is knowing you on a level that you get intertwined with me and I can't get separated from you. That's why around the fire when they said, you been with him. No, I haven't been with him. Oh, but your speech betrays you. Oh, if I could get that close to him and get so intertwined into him, the laws wouldn't matter and I wouldn't get so concerned confused as to why one person's blessed and one is not. If you'd quit worrying about why someone else got what you didn't get and you wanted and begin to understand that if you can see Him and get close to Him, it doesn't matter if you're worried about the laws and it doesn't matter if you know Him to be the Christ. It matters how close you can get to Him. Praise God. Peter understood when he said, Thou art the Christ. It was He wasn't just saying, all I see in you is salvation. Because Jesus went on later on and said to him, Do you love me? If you go back and study that, he was asking him two times, Do you love me? And then a third time he asked him, Do you love me? But it was a different word. He was asking him, Do you care for me? 
Oh, you know I care for you. Then feed my sheep. And it didn't register. But Peter, do you love me? Yes, I, I love you. I care for you. You're, you're my friend. We've been together. No, 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 Peter. Do you love me? Oh, Peter. He began to understand what was happening. He began to understand it's not about this relationship. It's not about this law thing. It's not about if I do this, you'll be happy with me. But it's about the fact that that we've been so close together that even when I tried to get away from you, even when I betrayed you, my speech told them I was lying. I'd like to get so close to It's kind of like Ezekiel when he said it was like fire shut up in my boat. You know what he was saying was, I don't want to deal with you anymore. I don't want to be close to you anymore. I don't want to mess with you, God. I'm worn out and I'm tired. And he was saying, I just want to get away from it all. But something inside of him had taken hold of him, had begun to resonate inside of him, and it was like fire, he said, shut up in his mouth. Why? Because the relationship that he had got into with God was more than just understanding the law. It was more than just saying, well, now I know that if we go prophesy over here and whatever you tell me to say will come to pass. But it was understanding that if I can get so close to you and you get inside of me and intertwine with me, that my relationship will go beyond the law and understanding of what I can do to get something from you. Too many people live by the law and go to hell. Now remember, I'm not talking about the law of Moses, which we don't live by it anyways. But the principles are still there. You can't live by it. But you can live by the laws that govern nature and govern your life. You can follow them to a T and you'll think that your life is blessed beyond measure. Do you know how I know? Because Job lived by the law. Job had heard of God and had learned of Him and had lived his life based upon the understanding of who God was. Now Job lived it to the letter. And he did love the Lord. Don't get me me mixed up here. I'm not telling you you don't love God if you're just living by the law. But your living by the law can be mixed up and you can miss the point of living for God. And Job lived his life based upon what he had been taught, based upon everything that he had learned from the Word. Now, they didn't have the Bible like this, but what he learned of God, he lived by perfectedly. Job would sacrifice in the mornings for his kids just in case they would sin. He did things like that because he knew that the law would allow it to happen. And if he did it, that God would intervene and do what the law said. Because it's, it's kind of like telling God, tell me a lie. If he, if he decides to speak something that's not right, it'll be right before it comes out of his lips. Before it ever gets across his teeth, if he tells you the sun is dark, before his, it gets out of his mouth, you're going to look up and see the sun has changed. And it's kind of like that, that God cannot not honor the laws. You can't, you ever heard, you can't outgive God because it's a law. Praise God. But Job lived by the hearing, by the understanding, by the words that he had heard and learned. And he lived his life by that. And his blessings came because of that. His life was so amazingly blessed because he lived for God according to the law. 
When it was time to pay offering and tithe, Job knew how much it was required to give of him based on his increase. And, and he gave. And when it was time to praise, Job began to give praise. And when it was time to, to honor God, God, he gave honor. He did all of those things. And his discovery was, in the end, it did not matter. Job's discovery was, and I have learned all of my life, and I have lived all of my life by these laws, by these rules. You see, there was another man that came to Jesus and said to him, Lord, Master, Lords, what can I do to gain the blessing of eternal life from you? What can I do? You see, what he saw was Jesus as another thing that he had not yet attained and conquered. And Jesus said, you, you, you followed the commandments? I, I, now, if you'll allow me to interpret this, I, I could just see Jesus with a little bit of a smirk. You followed the commandments, have you? Oh, 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 yes. Which, which ones do you mean? Oh, well, honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill thy, thou shalt not steal. Oh, oh yeah, I, since my youth I've kept them. And now Jesus tells him, go sell all that you have. We being monetary minded, we get stuck on that part and think if he had gone and sold everything he had and gave to the poor, as Jesus said, wow, what his life would have been like. And I've said that myself. I wonder what would happen if he had gone and done that. But you see, he was saying to, to Jesus, uh, I see that there's still something else I've heard about that I would like to obtain. Never understanding who he's talking to. Never understanding who it is that's returning the stare to him. He says, there's something else that I want. Can you give me the principles and give me the law and give me the understanding so that I can gain greater things? Because by keeping the commandments that you have to honor, the laws that you've given, I've lived them since I was a young man. And by living those, I'm like Job. I, I have been greatly blessed. I, I have much things. And we think, go sell it. But Jesus did not stop there. He said, go sell all that you have and give to the poor. He was trying to tell him that what you've missed is the fact that the blessings you have have come because you've lived by the law. But what you need to understand is what Jesus finished up with. Go sell it all and follow me because the Son of Man doesn't have a place to lay his head. Because I live wherever I can find a spot. And you come follow me and you'll begin to understand what it is that you're supposed to be. Don't get caught up in the laws and the rules and trying to understand it all. Get the mind and understanding as Job did in the end. See, Job said in 42, he said, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything. I've heard about you about that. I know you can do anything, God. I know you can do amazing things because I've heard about it. My friend got something from you in blessing and he told me about it. And I learned about that when I was in Sunday school that you said you would do amazing things and you've done amazing things. He said, I, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee, that, that you know everything. And who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? See, Everything was based upon what I know up here. 
And I know that God is great. And I know that He's amazing. I know that He's a healer. I know that it says if I call for the elders to come lay hands. I know that it says if we anoint with oil. I know that if we honor God, He'll do this and do that. I know the knowledge up here. I have uttered that I understood not. I've got all this knowledge, but somehow I am missing something. He says, I have understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. Because in all of Job's ordeal, he gets down to the last little bit. And he realizes that, you know what? When I sacrificed, God honored it. When I gave, God honored it. And all that I had was based upon everything that I had done for Him. But my friends showed up and they have sat here and ridiculed God and ridiculed me. And my wife has said, just curse God and die. And everyone has told me, just give up. But something about the knowledge that I have is calling to me and saying that this is not all that there is to it. Don't just get stuck on the fact that if you come in on Sunday and the music is right and you begin to praise that you've done something. Don't just come in and say, well, I gave my portion in the offering plate, so I'm good to go another week on my job. Because the knowledge like that is what Job lived by, and he lost everything. But through all of that, he gets down to verse 5, and he says, I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. I've learned of you all of my life. And everything that I am is based upon the knowledge that I got in Sunday school. It's based upon everything and every principle that I've read and everything that the pastor has preached on how to live and how to be a better life in Christ. And it's all necessary to allow you to govern your life. But he said, I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now my eye has seen thee. My eyes see thee. What he was saying was, I have lived uh, by all the principles uh, and it's got me to this place uh, and I've not given up on you and I've not forsaken the knowledge and understanding of you. uh, But somehow, through all of the mess, uh, through my friends telling me to give up, uh, through my wife telling me to give up, I've held on to the knowledge uh, and then through the knowledge, uh, somehow I've got the understanding uh, that when I get close to you, uh, that I don't have to worry about the knowledge. uh, I cannot worry about hearing but I can begin to see you and get face to face with you praise God what he was saying was I've heard about you and I've lived my life like that but when I finally got this understanding that those things are laws and rules and they govern everybody the one thing that I needed was what that rich young man gave up. Follow me. Come spend time with me. Get near me. Get close to me. What Job said was through all of this, you're the one who's not forsaken me. You're the one that's not turned your back on me. Through all of this, I've lived my life based on rules and understood the outcome of them. But when the time got right and you decided to test me, what I needed the most was a relationship with my master, my savior, and my father. And to the place that the rules quit mattering. I've heard about you, but now I'm in a place that I want to see you. You can sit on the pew and you can live by the laws and the rules. But if you miss out on what God begins to do when He wants to get close to you. Praise God. You'll miss out 
on what the whole purpose is about. Peter, who is he? I can't tell you, but if you'll come spend time with him, you'll understand. How can you say that you won't betray him? I, I know how I won't, I won't, but I did, but but somehow through it all I realized. That it's relationship with Him. My time with Him. My personal experience with Him. You see the amazing thing about living for God and living the laws. Is that if you will allow God to begin to freely move in your life. You will begin to see that God is not always left to the laws. I'm just about finished. The Sabbath... We understand. We, we say you don't work on the Sabbath. But that's not what the Sabbath is. You can't work on the Sabbath if you honor the Sabbath. The Sabbath does not mean stop working. It says cease everything. God honors His law. And... God can't work on the Sabbath. Now some of you look at me like, I have lost my mind. You see, God is, He's just as much involved in the laws as you and I are. That if we understand that the Sabbath means to, what it meant literally was sit down and just cease. Does that bring to mind a scripture? Be still and know. Let that, let that understanding. See all this works together. Be still and know. Stop what you're doing. Stop trying to fix it. Stop trying to work on it. Stop trying. But just cease what you're doing and don't move. Now I know you're thinking. I know that every time we come to church. God does amazing things. And sometimes that's a Sunday. And that's the Sabbath day according to our understanding. God doesn't work on the Sabbath just the same as His Scripture says not to. He said to cease. And He is under His same uh, the same binding. But what God can't work on the Sabbath, uh, He can miracle on the Sabbath. Uh, and if you ever notice uh, that we don't get works on the Sabbath, we get miracles on the Sabbath. Uh, why did the, the manna last? Uh, not on every day, but only on Saturday when they picked it up. Uh, on Sunday morning, uh, there was an amazing amount that they had gathered that didn't rot. But any other day it did. Why? Because God can miracle on the Sabbath. Sabbath. Praise God. Stand with me. I'm gonna get. A, I'm. A, I'm gonna get you. Somebody. Somebody tell me to go home. But in all of this, Job gained understanding. It is great, and it is necessary to live by God's principles and His laws. You have to, in order to live this life right. But I like the way Job's life ended up after he realized. Do you see what he did in verse 6? He said, I have heard of you all of my life, but now I have had a personal one-on-one Face to face, you're the Messiah, you're the God of creation, you stood in my face and I've seen you. And he went aboard himself and repented. What did he repent of? I've always asked the question. And it's right there in verse 5. 
He repented for not allowing himself to get personal with him, but for living by the laws. He said, I can't understand how I've missed it, but now I've seen you face to face and it makes me want to repent. And 140 years later, Job died. Having more than he had had before. Having greater blessings in all of his life. But if you look at, at the last scripture there, it says that Job died being. And that jumped out at me. It didn't say Job lived 140 years and died. It said that Job died being. You cannot die being unless you're involved with something. It didn't say Job died by the laws, by the words. But Job died being involved in what God was doing. Job died in a relationship with his Lord and Savior. And you can go around and you can find the law that can justify yourself and why you're blessed in this and that and do all of those things if you want to. And I promise you can find the things that God has set in motion that will you can say, well, this is why I get this. Yeah. But have you got to the place that you realized? I don't want to hear about it. See, testimony service is great. The Lord did great things for me. I, woo! But I like to be the one that stands up. You know what? It happened to me. Because I quit worrying about what I heard about it. And I began to say, God, I want to experience it. I want to get involved in it. I don't, I'm not just want to be fixated on if I heard about a good way to get a blessing. But God, can I come around the backside and say, it's just me. And I want some personal one-on-one face-to-face time with you. I need to get close to you. Praise God. Would you lift your voice to him and just spend a minute talking to him? God, it's not about the rules and the regulations and the laws and the things that that we know we can govern you by and you'll govern our life by. But God, it's about understanding that when it's all said and done, my speech will betray me. My relationship with you will shine through even if I don't want it to. Oh God, that it'll be like fire shut up in my bones. God, that my life can be summed up as being in relationship with you. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I'll finish this another time. Amen. I hope it was good for you. It was good for me. Amen.